It's nice, brisk autumn morning, fall mornings. A few of us that have decided to come and worship the Lord. Break up our morning routine and relaxation and praise the Lord. So I want to ask everybody to stand and, and uh, I'd like to ask Brother Dan Edwards if he'd come and prayer this morning. Musicians and singers might as well come on up. We'll just go ahead and get started. <laughs> Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Yes, it is. No place I'd rather be than right here. I've been here a lot this week, and uh, this is like the, I'm, well, this morning will, but tonight will probably be like that peak, you know. And so we're all building up to it. We're on our way up there right now. So. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, we thank you so much, Lord. Lord, you blessed us in so many ways, Lord. Lord, we take you for granted, Lord. Lord, we have no idea all the things that you do for us, Lord. You know us, every one of us, Lord. You know us so well. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would lift you up this morning, Lord, that we would worship and praise you, Lord. Because, Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we would put this world out of our minds, Lord, all the cares of this world, Lord. Set them aside, Lord, and just lift you up, Lord. Help us, Lord, to press into you, Lord. Jesus, Lord, help us to seek you with our whole heart, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would bless your word this morning, Lord, that we would have open ears to hear your voice, Lord. Lord, bless the man of God, Lord. Anoint him, Lord. Speak through him, Lord. Touch his heart, his mind, his lips, his tongue, Lord. And Lord, I look forward to what you have in store for us, Lord. Lord, I, will, I am with great anticipation, Lord, for what you have with us, Lord. Jesus, Lord, pour your spirit out, Lord. Have your way in this place, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you, Lord.
Praise the Lord. Treat it until you just feel after him until something breaks. That's kind of how I feel in my heart and my spirit. Praise the Lord. Just to lift him up like that. And anything can happen when you're in that in that area. That dimension of the spirit. That's what we need to pressure away too. Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. We just push our way through until we get that blessing and whatever it is, that healing, deliverance, salvation. Amen. It's a beautiful thing. Praise God. Well, looking forward to the things that the Lord is going to do. And uh, of course, several announcements this morning. Um, we will be doing that uh, cope uh, giveaway probably toward the end of this week. Uh, Brother Charles Okimash will be arriving tomorrow and uh, we'll get everything situated, the coats unloaded and all that. And of course, we've been planning to do this and uh, looking forward to this weekend. There's actually several things, of course, that are happening this week. So. Uh, Besides uh, services out to White River on Saturday, uh, we just found out there's a person that we knew that we grew up with and uh, they're having his funeral on Saturday in, in, in the same facility that we are having uh, services, but it's early in the day, so I don't know how that, if that's gonna disrupt us or not, but we'll find out probably by the time this weekend comes around, so we'll let everybody know. So. Uh, Kind of, I guess, strange that all, all those things happen like that, but they happen. And uh, of course, we have Brother Craig and Sister Taryn Marshall here with us. And uh, this evening, he'll be ministering to us, and, and, and we'll be announcing later on this evening uh, the nights that we will be scheduling services with them. We're just kind of going uh, as, as, if I want to use that expression, we're, we're going by ear or playing by ear or however you say it, but just by, uh, just, uh, his availability, he's, he's got some business out west, but uh, we're just, we'll just see what we can do, but we want to definitely take advantage of uh, his ministry while they're up here. However long that may be, we don't know. Might turn into something even more, more profound, I don't know. But we'll just put it in the Lord's hands. Praise God. And of course, one of the most important announcements Today is Potluck Sunday. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> if, if everybody could have all their, uh, uh, their, their, their food ready, uh, we hope to be, you know, everybody ready to go by 1.30. We'll kind of shoot in between 1 and 1.30. We know how that is. But if we can get started by 1.30, that would be fine. That would be fine so we could come back together and have some fellowship and food. And of course, I hope that will energize us for tonight's service. Amen. Everybody kind of get a little uh, renewed and, and give you physical strength that you can feed the, the 
carnal man today and then the late, earlier today and then later on we can feed the spiritual man again Amen. praise God so we have a lot to look forward to praise the Lord so be aware of that so I guess with that being said all the younger generation can be dismissed to their Sunday school classes and all the adults stay here Anyway, you know where those are? The monitor volumes. Make sure all the faders except for number seven are down. The monitor volumes down. It's like I'm getting out. Sometimes an echo and it comes back to me. And Praise the Lord. Dan was saying something about spending time up here, and I know how that is. Get to be in the house of God, and you just, something about the presence of the Lord that you feel up here, in here, when you're up here doing certain things, and uh, of course we understand why we feel that. The Bible says, he said, I put my name there. Yes, sir. My name is there, and this is where, as a body, as his body, as his church, this is where he tabernacles. Mm. That's kind of what the scripture says in the book of John chapter 1, that he tabernacled, he dwelt among us. He tabernacled, that's the literal translation of that, the Greek tabernacle. So, uh, it's amazing. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Psalms. And, uh, oh yes, I forgot, well... Well, we'll make that announcement this evening, but I just remembered. We, youth explosion, our youth takeover, November 8th. Now, how could I forget that? And uh, practice on Thursday again. Well, I'll make that announcement. I'll make sure everybody hears it this, this evening. But we had a, a good time in, in youth uh, Friday. Amen. Amen. Those of you that want to blow some <laughs> dust off your brain, some cobwebs out. <laughs> try to try to memorize your scripture verses. I mean, it, it, it goes. We go all over the place in the Bible, and uh, tell you what, it's a it's a challenge. It's a challenge, but it's good. It's good that you can be in that kind of uh, environment where you you actually try to do some, you know, recall some scripture verses that you once knew, or even the books you once read. Uh, it's a challenge, and, uh, and some of them kind of get a little bit to the point where you they get specific, and you have to come up with an answer, and you're sitting there thinking, wow. Uh, that's where you wish you had a photogenic mind, I guess. And I just, uh, I'm the one that's always challenged the most, I guess, because the hard questions always come to me, so I have to sit there. <laughs> Can't guess. And I have to do my best to try to 
Praise God. So even that's a challenge in itself. But it's good. So Psalms 115. And uh, I just want to continue on with some things that we have been studying the past few weeks in Sunday school. I just want to be able to create or establish a that we can come to an understanding, that we can come to some insight about who we are and where we are. And, and of course, the life that we live, that's important, isn't it? We all profess Jesus. So if we profess Jesus, he should be our life. And I, I like what the Apostle Paul was talking about, that his life was hidden in him, hidden in Christ. I, I like that because that's where our lives should be. Our lives should be hidden in Christ. But to understand our environment, and I'm not just talking about, uh, let me tell you something, what, what you allow to happen in here, in your being, I'm talking about who you are, you know, we're, we're consisted of a spirit, soul, and body. That's our being. <laughs> So what you allow to basically exist right here, live right here, determines what you allow to exist around you in your environment. It's important to understand. It's got to start here first. It's got to start here first. And if you start here and you have the Lord living in you, He's in your heart, he's in your mind, he's in your spirit, he's in this body. The Bible says our bodies are the temples, theos, the temples of the Holy Ghost. And so because of that, because we have that, uh, we have we live that way, we our life is is you know engaged in being filled with the spirit, walking in the spirit. In our environment around us, everything that's around us in our habitation, that's what's going to bring His presence in, and that's what's going to basically exist in, in our environment. In Let me say it this way, in our world. In our world. It's important to understand that. If you, if you don't have that, it's important to understand that. God gives us that ability. Uh, here's, here's the good thing. I mean, here's, here's an amazing thing. He will not impose upon your world. Amen. That's right. God is just that kind of God. We are free moral agents. He will not impose upon your world unless you give him permission. When you give him permission, you're allowing him to come into your life. You're allowing him to come into even to your heart, into your being, into your spirit. So he can saturate your whole being with his presence. Yes. God is that way. So unless you invite him, unless you entreat him into your life, he will not impose upon your world. Amen. But that is, in contrast, the exact opposite of the adversary of our soul. He is an interloper yes. and a trespasser. And he will violate, listen to this, he will violate our boundaries yes, he will. without us really allowing him that's to. Right. Mm -hmm. I want you to understand that. That's an important principle I want you to understand. 
in your life, being a child of God. What you allow, what you allow to exist, okay? So in Psalms 115, I gave you a chapter, I'll give you a verse. And uh, uh, verse number 16, it says this. Now pay, pay attention to what he's saying here because it's very, there's a lot of truth. There's a lot of revelation in the scripture. It says the heavens, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. Now pay attention to those areas. To those areas, those realms or those dimensions, the heavens, even the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. That's where, you know, and, and don't misunderstand me when I say this morning because I'm not saying anything that's contradicting the word of God. We know that his spirit fills the universe. We know that his spirit fills this universe. We live and we move and we have our being in him. So everything about our world, we operate in him, but. The heavens and the heavens are the Lord's. Now look what he says. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. So in other words, of course, somewhere out there in this great expanse that we call the universe, there's heaven. There's a literal dimension that we call heaven. That's what, that is our the home that we are looking forward to living in one day, isn't it? Making it to our eternal home. So there's a heaven up there. Paul refers to it as the third heaven. Okay, then the heavens. Then, then this the universe that we live in, this world that we live in, what we see as far as our atmosphere and everything in it, and his creation. Those are the Lord's. But he said, the earth has he, he has what? He has given to the children of men. Now that that's that's something. And when you when you think about that, when you think about that, there's 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 uh, a certain scripture coming to your mind, or, or a certain uh, uh, how, how would I say historical account coming to your mind when you think about what he said. The earth that he's 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 uh, the earth he has given to the children of men. Did you know at the beginning at creation, when God created all this world that we live in, and he created the earth, and then he created paradise, he created the Garden of Eden. Right. He created that paradise for, for his creation to live in, for man to live in. And of course, uh, you, you see that he, he gave Adam, he gave Adam dominion over every, every level of life animal life, plant life, and the fowls of the air, and, 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 and the fish of the sea. He gave Adam dominion. Adam had dominion. He had authority and power over God's creation. He had authority and power over that. Of course, we, we're we reminded that when we read scriptures like, uh, for example, you could read Psalms in, 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 uh, in Psalms uh, chapter 8. If you want to go there with me just quickly, I'll just kind of Refer to this so you can kind of get an understanding. But remember, he he told Adam, he said, of every uh, of every tree you can eat of, and you have all all this uh, this this world that I'm giving to you, you can live in, you can have dominion over everything. So Adam was basically basically the first the first monarch or ruler of this world. That's what happened in the beginning. So we read that. 
In verse number three, it says, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, his creation, his creative work, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? So he's asking a question. Uh, all this was created for that purpose, for man. You know what? He, he put us in charge of everything. He put us in charge of everything. We were to have dominion. We were to have authority. We were to superintend everything that was down here, you know, on the earth and in paradise. So he asked that question, What is man that thou art mindful of, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. We're a physical being. We're not a, we're a spiritual being too. We have a human spirit, but we're a physical being. Angels are spiritual beings. We're physical beings because we've been, of course, we're flesh and we've been created out of the from the from the dust of the earth. So he said, Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. In other words, our life, he made us our life to live in this world, in this economy. Amen. That's why he created us this, this way. Amen. So, so you see that. Um, uh, praise God. Thou ha and has crowned him with glory and honor. So he crowned us with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. So, so you see, so you see, you know, what was given to, to, to man at the beginning. What was given to him? His, his authority and his power. But we don't know how long, you know, the, the time frame was when, when all that was done from the time that Adam was given this authority. And then pretty soon, guess what happened? It was taken from him. It was literally, if I want to use it in that, in, in that sense, in, that, in the tenor words that I'm going to use, it was stripped from him. And does anybody know how that happened? You can basically say, Adam forfeited his right. Adam forfeited his right and his authority Satan just through the act of disobedience he lost his authority he lost his power he lost his dominion he lost he, he, he basically he, he was he was overcome and of course sin came into the picture and sin separated because we know the story all about that sin separated him came in between him and God so so he was basically evicted from the garden of Eden and so that life that God gave him it was no longer his anymore so things evidently changed for him and there was a transference of power a transference of power wow here's the thing if you, if you read, uh, if you read in Genesis chapter three and verse number five, when when Satan came and he tempted Eve, 
he tempted Eve, and he said, he said, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods. Little g-o-d-s. Ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, now here's the thing. There was a transference of power from Adam having a relationship with God. God walked in the garden every day. So Adam and Eve had that fellowship, that communion with God every day in the Garden of Eden. But here comes Satan. Satan comes in and Satan goes to the weakest point, the weakest vessel. Now, now here's something amazing. A lot of people, and, and I'm not saying that to downplay, downplay all, uh, to bring any kind of, uh, you know, degradation to, to the lady folks in here. That's not the thing. Here's the thing. When Adam was created, God gave him such a knowledge, the knowledge so that when he, whatever he named uh, the animals, that's what God said, that's what they're going to be called because I've given you that knowledge, that wisdom. So Adam, amen, was created with certain knowledge and wisdom. But Eve, in a sense, she was created, of course, they were both created in innocence, but yes, guess what? She did not have that knowledge and that wisdom. So it was obvious that she didn't come into that place where she can, where she could come into the knowing and understanding and, and being taught, being aware, being uh, insightful of the world that she lived in. She was still an innocent creature. So what did Satan do? Satan knew who he could go to and deceive. So it was the woman that he went to because he knew that she did not have the knowledge to retain him. Is that understandable? It, it would be out of context because, for, for, because she did not really have that understanding as far as God's creative work and, and everything, the life and everything, whereas Adam did. And if he came to him and spoke to him, Adam would have said, wait, wait a minute here. There's something out of place here. But it didn't happen that way. So what did Satan do? Satan went to the one that did not know. And because of the conversation, their dialogue, and you know, he wanted to try to, you know, be able to come into a place where he can get a hold. Get a hold of that authority and power that God gave to mankind. It's true. Read your Bibles. Well, we're going to find that out here shortly. So, if there was a way he could somehow deceive them to surrender their power. You need to be careful because Satan's still doing that today. Satan is still working to try to deceive you of the power that God's given to you. And take that power, strip that power from you. You need to be careful. Praise God. We're going to find that out later in a little while here. 
But so we see that. So what was the very thing that he spoke to her? He said, for God doth know that in the day that you eat them. Obviously, Adam must have told, told her, we could eat of all the trees of the garden, but we can't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that's in the midst of the garden. So obviously she knew that. I cannot touch that tree. I cannot eat from that tree. So when Satan came, that's what he tempted her with. He wanted her to take a look at that tree. And of course, we know that the Bible says she looked at that tree and it was, it was you know, appealing to the eyes and appealing to make one wise and, and, and everything like that. So he made it attractive to her. So she thought about it. And here's the thing. He threw this at her. He said, he said, Does, he said God knows that in the day that you eat thereof, your eyes are going to be open and ye shall become as gods. Not a big G, little G. You shall become as gods. In other words, you know what? That's just basically the condition of mankind right now. They're their own god. They're in control of their own environment. Okay? Rather than us being under, under the power and authority of the creator of the universe, the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the King of kings. We, we, we lost that authority. We lost that power. We surrendered it. It was taken from us. Okay? Here's, here's the thing. If that wasn't true, go with me to Matthew chapter 3. If that wasn't true, so, so as a result of that happening, guess what? Satan, by, by that... By Adam and Eve's treason, basically usurped their power. He took their power. He usurped it. He defeated them. He defeated them, so guess what? He became a usurper. He took their power, and, and because of that, he was, he was given, amen. He, he usurped their authority, so, so now... He, he is the one who basically is in control of this world. Yes. Does everybody understand that? Okay. If that wasn't true, why did Jesus and Satan have this conversation when he was fasting? You read there in Matthew chapter 3, verse number 8. He said, Again, the devil taketh them up into an exceeding high mountain and showing up. Showing him, showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. You see that? Matthew chapter 3, verse number 8. Oh, oh excuse me. Uh, 4. I'm looking at the wrong header here. I've seen 3 up here. Jesus said unto them, It is written again that thou, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh them up into, into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world. Look what he did. He showed them all the kingdoms of the world. And the glory of them. So Satan says, take a look at this. Let, let me, well, let's read it. And, and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee. If thou wilt fall down and worship me. So basically, Satan was saying to Jesus, he said, all these are mine now. These are mine. This belongs to me. Right. Of course, the Bible calls him the God of this world. Right. 
So if all these are mine, these belong to me. And if you will bow down and worship me, he said, I might give you a kingdom or two. I'm just paraphrasing it. I might just give you some authority and power over one of these kingdoms. Why? Because they are all mine. But look what Jesus said. Jesus said, then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. In other words, Jesus said, Nope. Not going to do that. Because I'm here to take this back. I'm here to take this back. So, so we see that. We see that. We, we, we see how it is right now and, and, and what is happening in our world right now. A lot of people don't realize this. You know, we, we look in the natural world, the material world, we, we see a lot of things, but we don't see the spiritual. We are clueless, ignorant of the spiritual realm. There is a spiritual realm. And that spiritual realm is just as real as the material, natural realm. And that's what he was referring to. All these, all these kingdoms, if you bow down and worship me, I will give you whatsoever you want. Praise God. In other words, he said, I'm the one that has control of them. I'm the one. I'm the God of this world. If that wasn't so, well, let's go to the book of Ephesians. And uh, chapter 2. Praise the Lord. Book of Ephesians chapter 2. I just, I'm just kind of sketching you a picture so you can see. And uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1, it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And uh, he's speaking to the church there. He said, you were dead in trespasses and sins, but he's quickened you. He's, he's, you've been born again. You've been made alive in Jesus Christ. You have be quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins. Now look what he says. Wherein in times past, in, in time past, ye walked according to the course of this world. You walked according to the course of this world. Does anybody know what that means? This world's economy? The way of this world? Yeah, just everything about this world, isn't it? We walked according to the course of this world. We did everything, just what everybody else is doing. In the, in the course of this world, according, now look what he says, according to the prince of the power of the air. The prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So we all had our conversation. We walked according to the course of this world. That's, that's the environment or the realm we used to live in when we lived in sin. <laughs> we walked according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So guess what? We, we didn't even have any clue, did we? Interesting. It's interesting because we talk about, uh, you know, we're, we're living in a, in a time of humanism. It just seems to be just on the rise, been on the rise, but it just seems to be 
it's like what Jesus was talking about, leaven. And it's just rising up, spreading. Humanism is all over the place. And, of course, man thinks that he's it. Man thinks he's got the wisdom, he's got the ability to be his own God. And so we're living in that world where humanism, we're putting our, putting, he's putting his trust in himself, but we know that it's not in man to direct his steps. It's not in man to do that. He's, he doesn't know. He, he, his, his, his vision, his sight is, is limited. He cannot understand certain things. He's being, and here's the thing about it. We think we do know, but we don't know. You know why? Because we are being deceived. Deception. Here's, here's something that we, we, we think about, and, uh, and everybody thinks about this. And here's something that uh, you know I've heard so many times. I, I hear people say this. I'm my own man. Or I'm my own woman. In other words, hey, I'm the one that is in charge here. I make, I make my own choices. I choose to go where I want to go and do what I want to do. So you're, you know, um, um, maybe, I don't know, maybe if you're that way, if you're that mentality, please don't get offended at me. But, but you, you think that way, and you know, because I know, because that's the way I used to be. Right. I'm my own man. Nobody tells me what to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's just our, our thinking. We say, oh, okay, and so we say, I make my own decisions. Yeah. Do you really make your own decisions? <laughs> here's the, here, here's the reality. Here's the reality. We're a puppet. Mm-hmm. We're and we're suspended by these cords or these strings that are that are up here and, and they're held by somebody. Mm-hmm. So we don't do what we want to do. We're doing what somebody wants us to do. Yeah. Any of you ever and, and I'm not I'm not a like I said, I'm not into Hollywood or Hollywood, whatever you call it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, there, there was some, something interesting that came up you know, in psychology. It was uh, actually it, it had that twist to it. It was a it was a movie that doubt about truth and and, and of course uh, behavior and truth, everything as far as uh, the world. But the movie was called The Truman Show. Did anybody ever hear about The Truman Show? Mm-hmm. Okay, the actor was. Uh, Jim Carrey, and his character was called Truman. I can't remember. I don't know his what his, what his last name, but Truman was uh, was a- actually kind of like a an, an experiment, experiment. And uh, if 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 I remember the the storyline, he was a homeless child that was adopted by this person who was a movie director or a well-known person. And you know what? He created this world for Truman. Truman lived in this big world, and it was a big bubble. And they spent millions and millions of dollars building this world. And inside this world, there was a small city. And everything just from, from the time he was an infant all the way until he was probably in his uh, adulthood. So he lived in this world. 
and everything in that world, everybody that was in that world, they were all actors. They were all playing a part so they could accommodate him. So, so there was this person called Truman, and he was living in this world. But you know what? Deep down inside, he was feeling something. He said, there's something just not right here, something out of place. And he thought, this world I live in, is this really the real world that he began to find out. Hey, finally he began to he began to kind of go out and, and go beyond you know his 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 the world that he lived in in that little city. And he found out something. He found out that you know the world he lived in wasn't the real world. It was a world inside of a world. Mm -hmm. Right. So you know what he tried to do, and, and of course he resisted uh, what was going on there. And here's the thing: everything in that world, everything climate. Everything in that world was manipulated by, you know, people that were specialists in creating different weather patterns and all this kind of stuff. So he was exposed to that. Everything in that world was basically manipulated by, by that. And so there he was. He was. He began to search for for truth, and he found out something. This isn't a real world, and my name isn't really Truman. But when he found out, and I don't know the end of the story, but when he found out what was happening, he re he realized this. He was living in a false world. Yeah. Now, here's a question. The devil, since the day we were born, and born into this world, did you realize this? We lived in a false world. Mm -hmm. We lived in a false world. We lived in a world that he was the one that was in control, and he was the one that manipulated everything about our life. Why? Because the Bible calls him the God of this world. Mm. So everything about our life was basically a result of the control he had over us. So when I say, when we say to ourselves, I'm my own person. I'm my own person. Are we really? Our own person. So it kind of makes you think, isn't it? Yeah. Right. We walked according to the. We walked according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We were talking about this the other day, uh, brother uh, Matthew sixteen. Uh, we were talking about this, uh, brother brother uh, Dan. And some of us in here talking about uh, what would it be like to be, get rebuked by Jesus. <laughs> how, how would we respond if Jesus rebuked us? Wow. That happened to, to, to you know, of course, you know, there's a few people that he rebuked in the, during his ministry, but one of them was his own disciple. Yeah. And that was Matthew. In Matthew 16, you read that there, that this particular uh, scripture verse in Matthew 16, verse 23, you see that look what he says. And, and uh, he's, he's talking to about, uh, you know, what's going to happen the days up ahead, his, his suffering and then his crucifixion, all this. And then verse 20, uh, then Peter took him and, and Peter rebuked him saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But look what he says, verse 23. But he turned and said unto Peter, get thee, hen, or get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me. Now look what he says. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, 
but those that be of men. So in other words, he rebuked Peter. He said, get thee behind me, Satan, because thou savest the things that be of men and not of God. That, that, that is a interesting, interesting statement, isn't it? It's interesting. Why did he tell Peter that? Why did he look at Peter and say, get thee behind me, Satan? Was Peter Satan? No, he wasn't. But you know what? He was, he was basically, obviously, Satan was trying to use Peter to distract Jesus from doing the will of God. Mm -hmm. Huh? Does that make any sense? Amen. Whether we realize it or not, in, in our world, yeah, we look around here in our in our physical world, and you look, we can see each other. We, you know, this is this is a world that is tangible. We can you, you feel the pew that you're sitting on, and all this. We know it's a real world. We can shake hands and we can touch one another, and all this. We know it's a real world, but you know that in the spiritual world is just as real as this. Right. Jesus was rebuking, rebuking what was going on in the spiritual realm. Get thee behind me, Satan. Because thou savors not the things that be of God, but of men. Mm -hmm. Now, now here's, inter here's something interesting. So this is what Jesus, Jesus turned away from, and I'm reading out of the Amplified Version. Jesus turned away from Peter and said unto him, Get behind me, Satan. You are in my way. You are in my way. I, you are an offense and hindrance and a snare to me. So he was saying, Satan, hey, you're in my way. You're an offense, you're a hindrance, you're a snare unto me. You are minding what partakes not of the nature and quality of God, but of men. In other words, guess what? That's just how it is with us in, 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 our, in our lives is... We, we, need to, we need to pay close attention about our world, our environment. Remember I, remember I told you, what we have in here determines what's going to be all around us in our environment. But here's the thing. Every day we wake up, we fight a battle. Every day we wake up, we fight a battle. If it's not the world we're fighting, it's probably sin. And if it's not sin, it's probably Satan. Mm -hmm. And if it's not Satan, it's probably we ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and that is the battlefield that you and I are you know, living in. That's, that's what we're exposed to every day of our life. We're in that area. And, and we're fighting. We're fighting. Who knows what? Somebody might say, oh, I don't feel that way. My life is, I'm happy and I'm free and I don't feel, yep, Satan can make you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. right. Yes, he can. Huh? He might make you feel comfortable. You may not have too much trauma in your life. You might say, oh, my life is really good life. But guess what? If you're not living for God, if your way isn't committed to him, why is your life that way? You know what the Bible says? You know what the Bible says? Here's the thing. When, when, when the devil was, uh, was, was speaking to Eve, Eve was, was, was actually quoting him God's word, his commandment. Thou shalt not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good 
and evil. Mm -hmm. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely, surely die. So she said, the knowledge of good and evil. So obviously there's some good that is there. There's some good that is there, but there's also evil that comes with that good. So you have good and you have evil. And, and see, that's, that's the life that we, if we choose to allow Satan to deceive us, that's the life. If we eat, what did they do? They ate of that tree, didn't they? And so, of course, their eyes opened and then they knew that they sinned. They knew they disobeyed God. They knew that they did wrong. So they had a knowledge of not just good, but the evil. But here's the thing. We, that is, is not the good or the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. We talk about We've been talking about trees lately We've been talking about roots Trees, all trees have roots And obviously the tree of the knowledge of good and evil has roots But you notice that good and evil So if we choose that See we could, we could, we could actually experience some good But it's not the goodness of God <clears throat> You understand what I'm saying? Amen. So I'm saying that sometimes the devil can deceive us and we can be we can be deceived thinking that, oh my life is okay. I'm doing I'm doing just fine. Are you really? Praise God. He can get you, he can distract you through whatever means he can. He can distract you through riches. Huh? Yeah. He can distract you through you know material wealth. And of course, if it's, a, it's our flesh, all the lust of the flesh. To gratify the lust of our flesh, he, he can distract us through that. He knows how, he knows our weaknesses and our limitations. He knows what, what buttons to push upon us. So that's one thing that we've got to be careful of, okay? And, and I'm, gl I'm glad this, I'm glad that Jesus said, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. Because we do. So, we have all that to we have all that to think about. Is there hope? Oh yes there is. Yeah. I'm glad sir. So I, I think I think about this and uh, we we talked about this just a little bit in John chapter sixteen and verse number thirty three, if you want to go there. And this is what it says. These things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Ye shall have tribulation. In the world ye shall have tribulation. We're going to be pressured. There's all kinds of pressure in the world. We're going to be pressured. It can come at us from all sides. But he said, be but be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have overcome it. Whew. I was thinking about what the apostle John was saying. If we could ever, if we could ever comprehend the power of God that we have if we could ever comprehend that God's given us power he's given us power to overcome even in, in even in the world that we live in right now 
not so much, you know, we're, we're a part of this world, but you know what? Guess what? Our environment can be different than what's out there because of what we have in here. Okay? So John says, John says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So obviously the spirit of Jesus in us is greater than any spirit out there in the world. Right. Ooh, think about that. Because that needs to be the focus of our attention when it comes to living for God. God's given us the power to overcome. So uh, overcoming in the Greek means this. It means, it means to subdue, to conquer, to prevail, or to get the victory over. So that's, that's what he means for us to, to, to overcome this world. Because there's a lot to overcome in this world. He said we have to subdue it, we have to conquer it, we have to prevail and get the victory over it. Hallelujah. Webster's Dictionary defines it as to get the better of it. In a sense, it's, 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 kind, of, it's kind of, in contrast, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of likened to a competition. A competition. How many of you are competitive? Huh? Any competitive people in here? <laughs> I, I think we probably pretty, pretty much most of us are pretty con competitive when it comes sure. to it. When something happens, uh, <laughs> and then that competitive nature comes out in us. We, but that, you see, that's how it is. It's a it's a competitive world that we live in. And and so there's competition. And in order for us to subdue, in order for us to overcome, in order for us to, to conquer and to prevail, we have to, in a sense, we've got to master. We've got to take control of those things that try to resist God's will in our life. Try. So... We, and, and let me tell you something, we can. I'm still amazed. After all these years, you know what my habit was every morning? Some of you probably won't believe it, but it was. I'd wake up in the morning, I would open up my bag, I would get my papers, and I'd start rolling. And this was, a, this was something that we were so used to. We'd say, let's roll a doobie. <laughs> so we'd get it out and roll that thing up. <laughs> Put his hand on it, spark it up, and see, you know what? I'm amazed. I don't have to do that no more. Amen. Huh? That old tall can of Budweiser, I don't have to pop the top anymore. Or even crack the seal on that on that uh, pint of uh, Windsor. Huh? I don't have to do that no more. I don't have to cuss anymore. Amen. I don't have to fight no more. Oh, I don't have to do any of that no more. But see, that was the world I lived in. Yeah. And you know what? If I can overcome that, so can anybody. Yes. Greater is he that is in me than he Amen. that is in the world. Hallelujah. God took that out of me and he'll, he's, he'll take it out of you. That nature. But see, that, that was the environment that we lived in. That's the world we lived in. 
So, you know, in order to, to do that, of course, uh, we have to, like he said, master, master, suppress, prevail over, surmount, or even overwhelm. How we do that? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We had fellowship with Brother Langley and Sister Langley last night. Brother Langley. Quite a character. But one thing he always remembers, he always brings that up, and it's just like every time we tell him, we have to bring up Cap. No! And he just amazed at the power of God. But you know, that's what God's given us in the Holy Ghost. He's given us power. He's given us power. So we think about that. So here's, here's I guess, the, the obligation that you and I have as children of God. If you're pursuing the Lord, if you're seeking God, everybody, I'm still seeking God. And like Paul said, I'm, I'm apprehended of that which I'm apprehending. In other words, I'm still, I haven't, I haven't got it all yet, but guess what? I'm, I'm seeking God. I'm, pers I'm pursuing, I, I want to possess how many of you want to possess? Mm -hmm. How many of you want to possess the power of God? That's 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 the road that you and I should be on. So so we're constantly, every day of our life, seeking God. Seeking God. Minds are directed to Him, His will. So here we are, we're doing that. We're, we're reaching out for Him. And, and, uh, and, and here's the thing. We can, we can attain... To his righteousness, we can attain to his power. We can attain to his holiness. But you know what? It's all—it's all up to us to want to to be able to, like said, to master, to suppress, to prevail. It takes a little bit of uh, motivation, a little bit of desire. Gotta be careful we don't get so slack we just don't want to do it. That's right. We don't want to pray. We don't want to fast. We don't want to read his word. We don't want to do any of that. We just lay off doing it. Guess what? We're gonna be overcome. We're gonna be overcome. That's why we have to be uh, consistent and persistent. Right? So Jesus said he overcame the world. And we can we can overcome the world. We can overcome everything that is out there in this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Makes a difference if you're spirit filled. Yes, it does. The devils can tell the difference. Oh yeah. Brother Longshore was telling me back in the 80s and, and Brother Robert Longshore and Brother Joel and of course Brother Balgard, Brother Elder Balgard, Brother Roy Balgard, he's passed away but they were in Jamestown preaching up there in Jamestown he said uh, <clears throat> they got a call to go pray for one of the saints, the relatives that was in the state hospital there in Jamestown so he said wow we we're here so we can go pray for them. Remember that story, Brother Craig? Yes, sir. 
and uh, they walked into the, the state facilities in Jamestown. He said, we were walking down this corridor. He said, and at, the, at this one corridor, there's another kind of wing going down the hallway. He said they had it, of course, the, it was all barrier there, a cage barrier. He said, there were people that were in that room walking around. He said, we walked by that hallway. He said, all those people that were in that room looked at them. He said, several of them began to walk toward that barrier to the cage, put their hands on it. And you know what they said? Men of God, men of God, come pray for us. And he said, we didn't know. We didn't let them know we were men of God. How did they know we were men of God? In the spiritual realm, yes. there is a distinction. Yes. The devil knows. Yes, I know thee who thou art. You're Jesus, the Son of God. Don't torment me before my time. You know what? The devils know. The Bible says the devils believe that there is one God and they tremble. So the devils know. That's kind of crazy. I remember we were praying for a person that was had a had a demon. And uh, we were praying for him, binding that spirit. That spirit began to speak out of him, and we bound that spirit. And 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 that person started to come toward me like he was going to, you know, he was going to uh, actually he was going to try to try to hit me. And so I said, in Jesus' name, I said, I bind you. And as soon as I said that, boy, it was just like somebody took him and shoved him down to the floor. He just went down, boom, got up. He said, how did you do that? And and we had a, <coughs> I'm not going to mention names. We had another preacher, evangelist with us at that time, just stopping on his way through, going heading down south. There we were praying for this person. He got back up, he came toward me, so we started finding that devil. Here comes that evangelist behind Brother Aaron and I. And uh, Brother Rich, you were there, weren't you? And here he comes and he joins in with us. He says, I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. Come out of him. And that person looked around me and looked at that brother and he says, I know you. You're one of us. And all that guy could do was Turn around and walk out of that room. Who says it's not real? Who says it's not real? It is real. And the power God's given us is real. What we have in the Holy Ghost is real. But you know what, saints? You and I, we need to overcome. We need to overcome. That's that's what I believe the Lord is trying to tell us. We need to overcome. Well, Jesus said, be of good cheer. You will overcome the world. And uh, so that's basically what we, we have to do. Uh, Romans 12, verse number 21 
and this is what it says. It says, be not overcome of evil. Be not overcome of evil. Don't let evil overcome you. But overcome evil with good. Don't let evil touch you. But you overcome the evil with good. Overcome it with good. So we see that we can we can do that. We have that we have that choice to, to want to do that. We can overcome. And and here's the thing when we talk about overcoming and what it's going to take for us to overcome. To overcome. First John chapter five and verse number four says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Do you see that? Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. If we believe that he is the Son of God. Okay? So he says, but who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water, or, or back up, back up, excuse me, verse number four. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So if we overcome, this is the victory that is going to overcome the world, our, our Faith. Everybody say, my faith. my faith. Your faith is going to help you to overcome the world. You know, uh, here's, here's the thing. Let me, let me put some things into context. Uh, go with me to Romans chapter 10. And we, we have a lot of people try to take salvation out of this book, but you can't. That's right. If you want to learn how to be saved the Bible way, read Acts chapter. The whole book of Acts. You'll find out how to be saved properly. Romans was written to people that were already saved, already baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. It was written to them. So you can't take salvation out of here. You have to go back to the book of Acts. But look what Paul was reminding the church, and, and, and look what he says in, in verse number uh, uh, in verse number six. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above? Or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up again from the dead? Okay, he's speaking to the people that are already saved. Salvation is important to us. We know what he did. You know what he did? He went down into hell. He stripped Satan of the keys of death and hell. He overcame Satan. He, he took his power. He, he got back the power that he took from us. And the Bible said he ascended. He turned around and he gave gifts to men. So in other words, after he defeated Satan and after he defeated hell, he turns around and he gives gifts to, to us. And so we, so we know that has already happened. That has happened already. It's history now. Yes. It is history now. That's the truth. Jesus... 
restored our place back in him. He's given us power. Okay? Satan has, hasn't the power to touch you right now. Okay? Is everybody listening? He cannot touch you unless you let him touch you. If you want Satan to have liberty in your life, all you have to say is just give him permission. And he'll do what he wants to do. But let me tell you something. Right now, you have the power to say no. So that's what that's what Paul is talking about here. He said, we don't have to, you know, we don't have to go bring him back up from the dead. And we have to bring him down from heaven. That's what he's saying. Basically, he's saying this. Okay, so he says this. Um, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith. So what saves you or what gives you victory over the world? He said, your faith. So then he says, that if thou shalt confess with the, thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Whenever the devil tries to come around and say, hey, no, we don't. We don't. We know what we have. By the power that God has given us through the Holy Ghost. We know what we have. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Okay? Uh, Revelation chapter 27. Revelation chapter 27. Oh, excuse me, 21. I'm, I'm looking at the scripture verse. I'm sorry, I got the scripture verse here. I'm just, I think I need to get new glasses or something. Yeah? Probably saying, what Bible is he reading out of? Revelation 21, verse number 7. I looked over at the verse and I said 7. I guess I put it together. I said 27. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son and my daughter. But he that overcometh, he that overcometh. So we see that it's, it's left up to us. It's left up to us. When we think about what God has given us, especially in this world. I, I always thought about that. Uh, when he was when he was speaking, when he was speaking uh, about the prayer, the Lord's Prayer, we call it the Lord's Prayer. And uh, he wasn't telling us to repeat it word for word. He was just telling us how to pray. He was telling us how to pray. And uh, the part where he says, uh, uh, Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. So in other words, we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let it come. Let it come into, let it come into me. And if it comes into you, guess what's going to happen? It's going to 
fill your whole environment. Mm -hmm. Everything around you. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In other words, everything about us, everything about our environment, everything about who we are, our being, when we invite the kingdom of heaven to come, and thy will be done. You know what's going to happen? Heaven is going to come on the scene. We're going to have a little bit of heaven here on earth. Right. Wherever we go. Yeah. Pretty neat, isn't it? Yes. Mobile heaven. Right. <laughs> I was thinking about that one time. I was thinking about what we have and what we take with us. That and, and that's why it's 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 there is a distinction. I mean, in the spiritual realm, there is a distinction, and people can tell, people know, people can see, people can feel the difference when a person is spirit filled. You know what it is? It's the it's the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. It's the very uh, what we say the virtue yeah. of heaven that we are filled with. So people know the difference. I mean, the Bible. You know what, what I was saying. Uh, a couple weeks ago or last week that the first man Adam was of the of the earth earthy the second man is uh, from heaven heavenly so here we have we have the ability to say thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven so we can have heaven come on the scene we can experience all the the virtues of heaven what do you say there's righteousness and peace there's love and joy in the Holy Ghost so we, so we can have that. But here's the thing about it. And I never thought about this, but when I was thinking about I was thinking about what the, the Apostle Paul said, we are ambassadors yes. with him. We are ambassadors. Anybody know what an ambassador is? A representative. So we're representatives. If we're ambassadors, we're representatives of Jesus. We're representatives of the kingdom of heaven. Okay? So if we're ambassadors, guess what? When you go over to uh, uh, when you go over to a foreign country, for example, if we go over to uh, uh, France, or we go over to Germany, or wherever, and this country has an embassy there. Right. And here's the thing. If you go to that embassy, there, that that is what, what, what they call a, a precinct or a sanctuary that represents or is given to the, that country who, who's ever it belongs to, United States or whoever. So all the laws of that nation are enacted in that little precinct or that sanctuary. Even though it's in the midst of France or Germany, guess what? All the United States laws will be act, enacted in that little area. That's an embassy. So if you can go there, American can go there, and guess what? You're, you're subject to the laws of the United States way over there in France or Germany in that in the boundaries of that embassy. And how do you know it's the embassy of the United States? You see that flag waving. And, and here's the thing: it seems like everybody that wants to, uh, you know, if they want to find refuge, if they want to find sanctuary, where do they go? They go to the embassy because they know they will be protected. Now, we're ambassadors. We represent the kingdom of heaven. We represent the Lord Jesus Christ. So where we are, we're ambassadors. Everything in our environment, guess what? Our homes are little miniature embassies. Right, right. Amen. 
And so as a result, guess what? Because our homes are little miniature embassies, guess what? All the laws of heaven, all the laws of heaven exist in that environment. Here's an amazing thing. Time goes by too fast. I'm not talking about time going by too fast is an amazing thing. Amazing thing. Here's an amazing thing. Here's an amazing thing. Jesus represented heaven, didn't he? When he walked on the earth, he represented heaven. So wherever he went, guess what? The kingdom of heaven. That's what he said. That's what John the Baptist was saying about Jesus. Repent ye therefore, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right there. It's close to you. Here comes Jesus preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So here's Jesus preaching the gospel of the kingdom, representing the kingdom of heaven. So what happens when he starts to preach the gospel? The lame walk. The deaf hear. The blind see. The dead are raised to life. Why? Because that is the law of the kingdom of heaven. Guess what? Praise God. Eternal life. Let me throw this in there. I won't charge you for this. <laughs> we live between two worlds. I'm talking the spiritual world, this world we live in. So you know, but we're used to living in this economy. So we're subject. And of course, we, we you know we're American citizens, so we of course want to be subject to the land, laws of the land, and all that stuff. But here's the thing: our minds are so used to living in this economy. We cannot fathom or understand the laws of the kingdom of heaven. Right. So when we talk about things like miracles, all this stuff is not. We can't. Why? Our minds are so locked into down here. We're so used to it. But let me tell you something. Here's the, here's, here's the unique thing about it. We have dual citizenship. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're citizens of the United States. But we're also citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So we can impose upon the laws of the kingdom of heaven. We can bring them laws right down to where we are. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's the uniqueness about Brother Chuck's always saying that. He said, I'm a dual citizen. He's a citizen of Canada now. He's still a citizen of the United States. He can he can go back and forth. He's got dual citizenship. Well, so can we. We can go back and forth. We have new citizenship. Man, that's amazing, isn't it? Can you, can, can you see the uniqueness of our representation here on earth? Can you see the uniqueness of, of what God called us to? The Bible says he translated us from the kingdom of darkness, from darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So, if that is the, is that if that is the case, if that is the truth, what flag is flying over your house? All right. Mm. What standard are you under? Praise God. I don't serve the devil no more. No. I don't want to. Because everything about him was deception. Okay, one, one last word. We're almost done here. So, Second uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians, 
chapter four. There's the chapter four. <laughs> and verse number three. Well, let's back up a little bit. Verse number one. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. But look what he says. But have renounced, renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom, look what he says, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So if the truth could have entrance in our life and we can see the light, we can understand. We can understand. Yes. We can come out of darkness. Yes. Praise God. It's a beautiful thing about this. Beautiful thing. But here was Pontius Pilate standing right in front of Jesus and Jesus speaking to him and he said they that are of the truth shall can hear my voice Pontius Pilate just couldn't comprehend what he was trying to say yeah. he said you're a king he said yes I am but I'm not a king of this world right. mm -hmm. Pontius Pilate just couldn't understand that what's he talking about and then when he said that to him he said they that are of the truth shall hear my voice and all of his response was to his, what is truth? Uh -huh. What is truth? But here we see Jesus. The Bible says that. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So we understand that he was the totality of, of truth. We can see him as he really is, as God yes. and eternal life. Yes. See, that's what he's trying to bring into our lives right now. That's what he's trying to bring into our world right now. So that we can know the truth. And the truth can make you free. Hallelujah. Man, I appreciate the Lord so much. I appreciate him so much. Hallelujah. We'll stop there for this morning. Thank you for your presence. And, uh, amen. Hope you received something this morning. This evening, uh, prayers at 6 and service starts at 6.30. Brother Craig Marshall will be ministering the word. Of course, we have our potluck. Hopefully, we'll get started by 1.30. And have a good time of fellowship.
breaking the bread and amen, spending some QT with one another. Wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. So y'all just mission Jesus name. Greet one another. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.